Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And welcome to Security and Secure, hosted by me, Johnny Seifert. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same match as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe where you're watching or listening so that we can keep spreading the word, it's okay to not be okay. And then at the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. Now, let me tell you about my guest today. yesterday i think this is the first podcast he's ever done and it's a really weird year for him because we don't know anything about him and then suddenly in 2023 we've seen him on subsco dating we're now having him on a podcast and i think it's the first time that i'm actually meeting one of my heroes and i'm delighted to welcome to screening school thanks to google lens it's mark francis hello mark francis hello this is so exciting so is this the first podcast you've ever done i don't know but i'm thrilled to be here I think it is. Um, this is a really weird year for you because I've never seen you be so open before in you know the past decade that you've actually been on TV. I think you reach a point where either got to go with it or you just shelter yourself completely. And I think it happens at some point where you just you just let go and you say, okay, let's go with the flow. Let's just be experimental and try things out. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? So, so that's really true. But then it's taken you 10 years to do that of being in the industry. You're also 33 now. So it's not like you had this epiphany when you turned 30. You were a couple of years into that 30. So what's happened at the beginning of this year when the Bookers of Celebs Go Dating came out, when Google Lens came to you and said, do you want to be part of this campaign to go, actually, do you know what? Now is the right time. I'm now comfortable in myself completely. As for a program like The Dating Show, yeah, no, that's definitely something new. But I'm so pleased I did it. It was a really great experience. Well, I was talking to Anna Williamson every day about it as the show was going out. No way. Yeah, I'm I'm a good fan. So she's been on the podcast many times. And um, we were talking about the moment when you spoke about the love that you had from your mum and then when you first had that hug. And for me, that was the highlight of the whole series. And actually one of the moments of the whole of Celebs Go Dating in all its 16 seasons. Is it okay to touch on your childhood? Because I feel like this is the perfect opportunity where no one knows much about you. But actually, now that you want to tell people a little bit about you to kind of understand why you are the way you are. Sure, of course, you can ask me anything. I'm all... 
You shouldn't ask me that. <laughs> We're going deep now. We're going deep, my friend. Let's go back to the school days. Who was Mark Francis at school? Because you weren't obviously suited and booted like you I was now, exactly so. the same. No, I you was were. exactly the same. Absolutely nothing has changed since the age of four, three or four. I yeah. love this. I love this. I was in a navy blue blazer with gold buttons, white trousers, and navy blue shoes, aged, yeah, three, three and a half. What was your upbringing like for you, Mark Francis? Well, you know, I couldn't really compare it to anything else because we only know what what we're used to, right? So so I made the most of it. Looking back, I should probably have appreciated it a lot more. But when you're born into money, I think it's hard to because you don't know any different. And so if you're around that surrounding, you only know one way of life because you've not got the rags to riches story. I don't think money has anything to do with it. I think it's about the way you are made to feel. When you're young... You money is entirely irrelevant because as long as you have parents who love you, I think the most important thing is love and the education that they're able to impart on you. As long as obviously you have enough money to eat, keep warm and do nice things with your family. But essentially, whether you're going on holiday to, I don't know, the British coast or on a yacht in Saint-Tropez, is it going to make much of a difference when you're four, five, six years old? Not really. You just want to have fun. Did you feel that love then? Yeah, of course. Who were you in school? Well, I didn't fit in because I was exactly as I am now. I was a, a small adult. I found children kind of pathetic and I had no interest in, I don't know, in doing kids things because I was an only child and I spent my entire youth with either my parents or their friends uh, in a really adult setting. So playing with toys was just not a reality for me so then a show like made in chelsea comes along you're there from day one in that first ever season and you are the longest serving character how did you get involved in the show because it's interesting when you've obviously got that maturity already and yet you've got these people like the spencer matthews who are still trying to find out who they really are i had a jewelry business and we had a shop in london um and my lawyer happened to work for Fremantle Media. And at the time, they were casting for Made in Chelsea. He told me that it would be good press and good PR for the store. I told him I wasn't interested. And then he asked me again a month later, and I told him the same thing. And then two months later, some casting agents turned up at my house. Someone let them in. And they recorded an interview with me, which was kind of funny and very silly and off the cuff. And then I got a call a few weeks later asking me to go to Raffles nightclub at midday on a Monday, which I found so bizarre that I just couldn't really resist. And that ended up being the first filming day. When we look at your main Chelsea, you've got the core cast and then you've got your scenes. And your scenes are obviously the golden ones, but you never really interacted with the core cast. How did that end up being that you could just do what Mark Francis wanted to do? Well, to start with, I was a black sheep. I had no friends and I didn't know anyone on the cast at all. So I was there entirely on my own. And then I kind of looked at them and I was like, A, these are not my people. B, I have no real interest in filming these sort of cat fights and relationship oriented scenes so if i can do my own thing that's fine but i'm these are, this is what i'm gonna film so i'm gonna film art related stuff i'm gonna film um i'm gonna try and do culturally oriented things and i'm gonna be a little bit sarcastic off the cuff and maybe the voice of the viewer that was the idea which you definitely are. And I think it was interesting when you had certain dinner parties and you weren't there, it was obviously you needed you for the lightness to have the light and shade. So you've got screaming one minute and then you've got you and Victoria bitching about someone another minute and you go, okay, 
there's a nice narrative here across that 45 minute episode. When you look back at the time of Chelsea, especially those early days, how do you look back at that time, considering what your lawyer had told you, considering that this was supposed to be just for press for the jewelry shop and not for you just to be a reality star? Well, can I tell you, honestly, I don't look back. I haven't watched it. And the past is in the past. I think what matters is the present and the future and what you're working towards. It was definitely a learning curve that taught me so, so much more than more than any other job, really, because it taught me how ultimately how unimportant people's opinions of you are, as long as you are comfortable within yourself and with your conscience. So as long as I think you're a good person, ultimately, whether people like you or not, is is irrelevant so then why leave the show because you got to 199 episodes you could have done your 200th but only 199 got done with you and then you just Who was counting i was counting oh, i've been waiting for this interview for a very long time my friend because oh my god you're it's amazing one those, it's one of those things that like you come in you come out you're like is mark gonna be in this series no maybe oh look there he is okay tick okay done um but then you just kind of just went you didn't say goodbye. Well, it never was a goodbye. And who's to say I won't reappear? You know, Made in Chelsea always had to work around my schedule. Have I really done 199 episodes? Well, that's what I've counted. That's hilarious. I spend a lot of time away. And if I can't film, I'm not going to come back. It didn't fit within my schedule anymore. Uh, that's the truth. But I still have a contract with them. And I can, I guess I can film again at any time. It just sort of, there had to be at some point a kind of evolution, I think. And I did outgrow the cast. You know, they've, the, the, you, can't, you can't be the only person left with a cast of teenagers. Well, how do you look at those teenagers now? Because when Made in Chelsea started, same as when Tari started and Geordie Short in that 2010, 2012 years, it was very authentic. No one knew what they were doing. Now you get to 2023 and you've got this new cast Correct. coming in who are all about the relationships and they all want the drama and they know what they're doing now. Whereas before you, like you said, you just turned up and exactly. the cameras roll and whatnot. So how do you look at the cast now? And how do you look at Made in Chelsea as a show now? Well, people are a lot more aware these days. They're much more self-aware. They're Googling themselves. They're looking at what people are writing about them in Twitter and on Instagram and whatever else. At the, at the time, no one, you, we didn't even know what we were filming. It, it only had a working title, which at the beginning was Chelsea Girls. I was mortified to find. Um, so, so yeah, I think when you remove that, that naivety, you lose a little bit of the magic because it all becomes, it feels a little bit more constructed. And that's always a shame. The cast today are relevant to the young people watching it today. The world has changed immensely over the last decade. And I think we have to be aware of that. So would you go back now next year as kind of the father figure to these young kids? Or do you think I'm actually probably done now? I don't think they need a father figure. I think that they are probably much more capable of looking after themselves than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you went on Subsco Dating and, you know, you got a lot of therapy from Paul C. Brunson and Anna Williamson. How did you find the experience and what did you learn about yourself through that time? I had a great time. It was, it was a lot of fun. And for me, it was really a game. You know, it was, it was, about, it was about the relationships with, with the experts. And it was about really meeting new people and learning about 
listen, I'm crazy about people. You know, I collect furniture, I collect objects, I collect art, but I also collect people because there's nothing more enriching, especially if you're an only child, than people. They give you everything uh, and they make you, they form, they help you form your character. Meeting the people I did was, was brilliant and amazing. And it, what it really taught me was not to judge people. And I think that's, that's paramount, you know, not to immediately come to some kind of conclusion about people because we don't know people's story when we first meet them. We don't know why they are the way that they are. And it's so important to keep an open mind. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. That's why I do this podcast, because it's primarily reality stars talking about their mental health journeys and talking about those stories that we don't know so that we can understand what they are, who they are and why they are the way they are. So, I mean, bold question is, who is the real Mark Francis and why are you the way you are? Well, I'm definitely a 360 degree character, you know, so so there are many, many different nuances. So to say this is the real you and this isn't the real you is, is totally wrong. And I think it's very important to acknowledge and to appreciate evolution because we all grow and the experiences that we live every day form us and they help create a whole that hopefully is a much richer, much 
smarter, much more empathetic individuals. So, you know, as long as we're evolving, we're growing and we're become, becoming better people. So I don't think it's possible to just say, well, you know, this is this is who, who I am and that's it. Because that's that would be a great shame. But do you not think you've got strengths and you've got weaknesses and then those weaknesses are the ones that you're evolutionizing. Those are the ones you want to be working on to be that version of the Mark Francis that you want to be. Sure, but I think we need to work on our strengths as well as our weaknesses. We need to work on everything because things that we consider to be our strengths may in fact be our, our downfall. What are your strengths? What I consider to be a strength perhaps is that that I know what I like, but then that at the same time can be a weakness because... Um, you could be cutting off a lot of other things that you think you don't like, but actually could enrich you immensely. So is it really a strength to say, I know exactly who I am and I know who I want to be and I know which journey I'm on? Mm, yeah, that's, that's great. But equally, keep an open mind because we don't know everything about anything. I think uncertainty uh, can be very beautiful if, if you treat it in a sort of romantic way. I think that's very true. And I think that's why doing a show like Subscribe Dating, where you're meeting all these different types of people and we've got people who want to be famous and people who just want to be in a relationship is really good for you because then you do become more rounded because there are opportunities to meet people that you wouldn't normally associate yourself with. Totally. So let's talk about your campaign with Google Lens. And this is uh, you looking at the hidden treasures in homes and high streets across the UK. Why did this campaign in particular go, do you know what, I want to get involved in that one? This is one of the first um, things that have really struck me as being A, a brilliant tool, and B, uh, a campaign that, that I didn't want to tweak a single thing. It's just fantastic. I mean, for anyone who likes art, objects collecting by that i can you can want to collect anything from porcelain to clothes you just have to take a photograph of something and it will tell you where you can find similar things the items value and anything related to it so it opens up a whole world well i'm a hoarder and i've hoarded magazines for about 12 years from the noughties and i'm always like oh do you know what i wonder one day if it will make money and if i collect more and more and more I'll be able to sell them and make more money. And we obviously know about things like eBay, but you've got the high-end antiques, but what about the low-end antiques? The ones that you think, I've got this in storage, I think it can make one, I think it can make money one day, is now the time. How does someone go about going, oh, do you know what? I wonder if that will make the money now. In a way, I consider myself a hoarder too, because I, it's really hard to stop yourself buying things that you love. But at some point, you have to. And what you realize, I think, is that the only things worth buying are kind of, it's better to buy less and to buy something really, really good. So if there's a particular magazine that you've always yearned for, but it costs much more than all the others, hey, maybe don't buy a few of the others, wait and get the one that you really, really want, because that's the one that's going to go up in value. It's always the best within that genre that's going to go up. And it can be anything, you know, it can, it can literally be a magazine or a stamp. The best will always hold its value and go up for sure. But how do you know where to get that valued afterwards? When you and how do you know when the right time is? If you've bought something, like I said, in two thousand, how do you know if it's right to do it in twenty-three years later, thirty years later, or fifty years later? So Google Lens is an, an amazing tool for that because it's going to tell you the value of what's in front of you now. But equally, what's fantastic is to check um, sale results from auction. So you can see, you can kind of, if you look at a 10-year curve of a particular object, you can see 
if it's peaking, if it's going up, if it's kind of going down. So I think it's always important to look at sale results in order to, to get a good notion of where it is um, that whatever it is you're collecting is going. And what about location-wise? If you're thinking about, let's say, the United Kingdom, is it better to go to the Chelsea side of London, which we know is higher end, versus trying to go to an auction that's in a more rural part of the United Kingdom? Again, it depends what you're collecting. Christie's is always going to be an amazing place to go because there's a filter. So you know that anything they sell has been authenticated. You've got a 10-year guarantee. So if it turns out not to be what it's sold as, you have 10 years to go back and say, well, actually, it's not as it seemed. But they do so much homework that they don't even take 90, 95% of the things that are offered to them for sale. They're very discerning. And I think that's always a good sign, you know, because you know that your money's safe. And then you've got auction houses like Sorders, which you're working with, where you're working with it with Google Lens Edit. What's the collaboration you're doing with them? So I bought some items uh, at Portobello Road Market, and they're going to be sold by Sorders in collaboration with Google Lens for an amazing charity called Choose Love, which is helping refugees all over the world. So it's, it's a charitable endeavor, but it's also to show people that you know, you can go down a street market, photograph things and find value. Where can people go for more information about the Choose Love campaign? Chooselove.org. Chooselove.org and also on the Sorders website, there's also your campaign with Google Lens. Mark Francis, I can't thank you enough for talking to me on Security Scale. If you like what you heard, please do go and rate the podcast, subscribe to it, share it with a friend, and let's keep spreading the word. It's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert. Thanks for so much for listening or watching. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.